Praise God. Thank God that he loves us so much that he cares for our individual needs. Amen. You can go ahead and be seated. Okay, so, so here's what I want to do. Is this the bottle that I had over there? Yeah, the open one is mine. Yeah, I don't like, I don't like, let me finish that one first. I hate wasting things. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because I'm pretty much, I think, right on track here that most people did not see the message from last weekend, okay? So it was too important to just let go, too important to just rely on whenever you have time to go watch it on YouTube. It's just, it was a major foundational message, especially for this church. So I'm going to take, I'm just going to go right to the part uh, on the Holy Spirit, and we're actually going to use this as a launch to maybe we'll do two, three, four weeks on Wednesday nights just about the Holy Spirit. Okay, is that good? All right. So if you did, if you did watch it, make believe you're hearing it for the first time, and because uh, I did add some things that I didn't have time to go into, and then as whatever whatever we get to tonight, we'll just put a pin there, and we'll pick up next week. Is that good? All right. The Holy Spirit, I, I don't know how we're going to, I've been asking God, show me a way to, to make this emphasis strong enough where people will actually change their pattern of living to make sure that the Holy Spirit becomes a major part of your life. He's with you, okay? But, but please try to begin, and I pray this in the name of Jesus, that you'll begin to imagine what it's like to have someone who loves you, someone who cares about you more than anybody on earth could ever care about you, who knows everything about your life and still loves you, who has the power, the wisdom, the answers to every adversity you're ever going to face and is willing to take hold with you against every one of those obstacles. I want you to begin to imagine what would life be like if you had that person with you 24-7. Guess what? You do. We do. We do. He is who came to indwell you when you said that prayer, whether it was a week ago or 50 years ago, when you said that prayer, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that God raised you from the dead. Jesus, be my Lord, be my Savior, come to live inside me. Jesus did not come physically to live in you, obviously. It's his spirit who came to live in you. Okay, so over these next few weeks, we're going to talk about, what I'm going to talk about tonight is mostly the fact that when we get born again, he comes to live in us. We'll talk about a little bit about that. That's the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, okay? He comes to live inside you. Every person that's ever been born again, you already have the Holy Spirit in you. Now, I'm saying that because um, I got born again in a church where this was very, very real. I thought, listen, I'm going to tell you honestly, I thought that everybody that was born again, when I got born again 37 years ago, it'll be 38 years in April, when I got born again, I thought everybody had the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I thought everybody knew about the Holy Ghost. I, knew everybody, I thought everybody knew that the Word of God is the power of God. Uh, it was the center focus of your life. I thought every born-again Christian, and about six months, a year later, then I started to realize 
oh, there's people that are born again that they don't, they don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. They think he's electricity. They think he's a thing. And um, I, I think I said this recently, maybe it was in the recording from last weekend. If your Bible translations refers to the Holy Spirit as it, throw it away. And get yourself a Bible that talks about the Holy Spirit and refers to him as a person. He is a person. He is the spirit of God. Okay, he's the spirit that, that was in Jesus that caused Jesus to do the works that he did on this earth. Are you listening? Okay, and, and I'm getting ahead of myself here, but it's good to hit things a couple different times. He made it so very clear to the early church. I mean, I'm talking about early church, like two weeks old. He made it very clear to the disciples, okay? Don't live life on this earth without the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. He took, basically what he's saying to them, and I'll get to the scripture in Acts chapter one at some point. He's saying to him, don't leave this place until you receive the promise of my father. Now understand this, okay? They were born again. But being born again prepares you for heaven. The infilling of the Holy Ghost prepares you for earth. I, I need you to understand this. I, I need you to get it. When you got born again, that really doesn't prepare you for here. That prepares you for entrance into heaven. The equipment that you have for here is the word and the spirit. The word and the spirit, and that, in that order. The word, and could you turn around and say that to somebody? The word and the spirit. Now, if you just stumbled into this place, we are people of the word and people of the spirit. We're people of the word first because people hear a lot of different voices and think it's the Holy Ghost. But what they hear sometimes doesn't match the word. The word doesn't change. It's in writing. You can go to it. You can refer to it. You can go to chapter and verse and say, this is what this says. Well, you know, I feel like the spirit of God is leading me this way. No, he can't be because that's totally opposite of what it says in the word. Well, pastor, I really feel like, I don't know, I've been spending time in prayer and I feel like this woman that lives down the street is really supposed to be my wife, but she's married and so am I. No, that's the unholy ghost that told you that. You, you see what I'm saying? Okay, because it doesn't line up with the word. You getting this? It's important. Listen to me. It's extremely, it's vital, it's necessary, it's life and death. We are living on a planet that is very, very um, quickly becoming even more the territory of the kingdom of darkness. And if you don't have the activity, if you are not very actively engaged with the Holy Spirit of God, you can get hurt. It's not, we're not on a safe planet anymore. Okay, now it'll, it'll change, but we're not there yet. He's coming. He's coming. So I'm, I'm really trusting God. And I say that it's not just a cliche or not just a hopeful thing. I am really, really, really trusting God. That's why you see Wednesday night here, every one of these chairs needs to be filled. 
Because what we're dealing with here, I am really trusting and believing God that by the end that we're done, whenever we're done, if it's three weeks, four weeks, whenever, that the majority of this congregation, the majority of people that call New Beginnings Church their home are baptized in the Holy Ghost, filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about just being born again. Like I told you, being born again prepares you for heaven. That gives you your entrance into heaven, okay? But you need the power of God on you, in you, upon you, flowing out of you to be able to live on this planet. He said to them, don't leave Jerusalem until you receive the promise of my father. You know, when I got saved all those decades ago, Pastor Joy was probably there the night that I got born again, okay? At that time, there was a lot of emphasis and teaching specifically on the blessings of Abraham. John, you were there too. The blessings of Abraham. And, and for a time, the, uh, you know, we concentrate a lot on the blessings of Abraham because you know, remember God said that he was going to bless him make, him, make his name great, going to give him descendants as, as much as the, the sand is on the, on the shore, okay? But, but we, we forgot, not that we forgot, I guess just the emphasis back then was on more on the material blessings, Okay, but uh, one day I was reading in Galatians and it referred to the Holy Spirit as the promise that God made to Abraham. Because, you know, material goods and wealth and all that other kinds and influence and power are only good when you're under the influence of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to say that again for you because I don't think you got it. Okay, nowhere, you know, God is not opposed to us having things as long as the things don't have us, okay? Uh, in fact, just about everybody in the Old Testament, they're, they're I want to be so careful the way I word this, their relationship with God many times was measured by the actual wealth that they had and the wealth that they attained, okay? But these are individuals under the influence of the law at that time, but it was in respect towards God, okay? Um, but God's not opposed to us having things, okay? You're sitting in the manifestation of God's prosperity. You realize that? Okay? I didn't have a rich relative that left me $10 million and said, here, go start a church. We had to believe God. Man, this is going in a different direction, but we're going with it. We had to believe God for the chairs that you're sitting in. We had to believe God for everything that every, whatever you see in physical manifestation here was the byproduct of us depending on the promises of God and him being faithful to God. We were sitting, my wife and I were sitting in a camp meeting. How many know what a camp meeting is? Now, don't be shy. I know it's going to date you, but how many know what a camp meeting is? Camp meeting is like you have a week long series of, of services and maybe in the daytime at nighttime. Things. And we were sitting in there, Pastor Cap was sitting with us. It was Pastor Cat, my wife, and me uh, in, uh, would have been 97. No, 96. We weren't there for camp meeting in 97. And, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, at Rama at the Bible College Atlantic. And uh, we were listening to the testimony of a gentleman, uh, Keith Butler. And this gentleman went to, arrived at Tulsa like the decade before with $200 in his pocket and walked in faith. And God blessed him and blessed him and blessed him. But he was always operating in the principles of sowing and reaping. Understand that? Okay, it doesn't just come out of the sky. Okay? 
And while he's given this testimony of now, here it is about 10 years later from when he initially got there, maybe a little bit more. And now at that point, he had like three or four campuses and they were having major influence all over the nation. And, and as I'm sitting there listening, it wasn't a, gee, I wish I had that, that rose up. Because I'm even back then smart enough to realize my relationship with God is very individual. Very, it's custom made. Yours is custom made. And so whatever God does in somebody else's life, God bless him. Because I know he's going to do for me what needs to be done. Amen? According to the plan. Okay? God, remember, uh, Jesus appears to Saul on the road to Damascus, and he tells Ananias in Damascus, I'm going to show him what he's going to go through. I've called him to come before Gentiles, kings, and what was the other? There was another. And the people of Israel. So Saul knew what he was called to. It was a very individual plan, okay? So I'm sitting there, and I'm telling you this for this story, and the Lord spoke to me and spoke to my wife at the exact same time and said this to me. I don't want you praying for anything that you need in the future. I want you to just thank me for it. When there's a need that comes up, you thank me for it. Because I've already, now this is 96. This is 96. We've still got another year of Bible school to go. He said to me, everything you're ever going to need to accomplish what I've called you to do, I have already provided for you. And I, listen to me. I, this could turn in a whole different direction. I could stand here tonight and give you testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony. I could spend the entire night, my wife and I, talking about the testimonies of how God has fulfilled that word. You are sitting in the manifestation of that promise. You listening to me? And, and thank God for the Holy Ghost, who I consider my, my closest, best, best, best friend, because he'll remind me of these things, because you see, that's what Jesus said he would do. Amen? So let's, let's get into the message. Did I get your attention now? Okay, listen to me. Don't, don't try to live life without the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, you're born again, you're going to go to heaven, but you may go sooner. You listening? Okay. Because the devil doesn't want you here. See, he can't stop you from going to heaven now because you got born again. But he can preoccupy you. He can throw obstacles in your way. He can bring adversity to you constantly. If you don't know how to fight, if you don't know how to pray, if you don't know who you are in Christ, if you don't know that you have the right to say to the Holy Spirit, hey, come on, please help me. Help me to take hold together against this thing that I'm facing. Are you listening? But you see, that's why it's the word and the spirit, the spirit and the word, the word and the spirit. Okay? The Holy Spirit will come and empower the word that you have on your lips. Not, on your, not in your Bible. Not in your Bible. I saw people do this years ago. I don't know. Many, thank God it's many years ago. Can I have your Bible? Oh, oh God. You know, the words that are in this, bo this book doesn't work that way. You speak it. You speak it. You speak it. That's how this is activated. Not well, you know, I read three, ch three chapters this morning. Okay, well, that's good. You're, you're doing an information transfer. But you got to speak it. This only is active when it's coming out of your mouth, God said. So, and he said, so shall that word be that goes forth out of my mouth, just like the rain comes and the snow comes. 
He said, it will not return void. It will not return empty without accomplishing what I sent it for to do. But now we have these words on a page, but you have to take them off the page as the Holy Spirit leads you. This is good. Okay, this is good. You, as the Holy Spirit leads you and gives you specific verses of Scripture and puts them on your heart as it pertains to the specific situation that you're going through, you speak it, and whatever adversity, whatever challenge, whatever sickness, whatever obstacle that is in front of you has got to respond to it as if Jesus himself was here saying those words. Now, I might be mixing up my notes from next weekend, but you realize that Jesus expected the disciples to speak when they were in that boat when the storm was overwhelming them? He, they woke him up. I said, Master, don't you care that we're perishing? He got mad. Oh, not Jesus. Oh, no, Jesus. It's like, must be thinking, what's the matter with you? You guys have mouths. You guys have seen, they just got done feeding a multitude with a fraction of the amount of food that they would have normally needed. And he said to him, why, why, why are you so fearful? Where is your faith? What did he do? He spoke to the wind and the waves responded. So why would he say that to them if he wasn't expecting them to do it? Okay, I say, well, they didn't have the Holy Spirit in them yet. That's fine, but they had him there. Yeah. Speak. Some of you have been waiting for this baptism of the Holy Spirit for years and years and years because somebody put the seed in your head. You just have to wait because sometimes he does and sometimes he don't. No, no. Not in the age that we live right now. You just speak it out. Father, in the name of Jesus, I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Father, in the name of Jesus, I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm getting, I'm getting like four weeks ahead of myself here because I get lit up when I talk about the Holy Spirit. When it comes to faith in the Holy Ghost, I, could, I would preach that every week. And especially now how important it is. All right. You know why you need to, you know why more than ever you need to develop a relationship with the Holy Ghost? Because Jesus introduced him as the spirit of truth. And right now, there is no truth available to us outside of this word and outside of the voice of the Spirit of God. You and I are continuously, continuously, 24 7 from every outlet being bombarded with lie after lie after lie after lie after agenda after manipulation constantly, constantly. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost active on the inside of you, how are you going to know what the heck you're listening to? All right. John 14, 16, Jesus speaking. And I will, oh, we're not going to get very far now. You guys pull me in all these different directions. <laughs> and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide. We got him up there? Yeah. Uh, he will give you another helper. You notice helpers capitalized? Okay. Can I say something else? 
When you post Facebook things about God, please stop using a little G. He deserves our respect. He deserves our honor. Okay, the only time the Bible refers to a little G God is when it's talking about Satan. Use a capital G. Use a capital H when you're referring to him or he. Okay? All right, good. And I will pray the Father, and he'll give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now, watch this now. Jesus is talking on that side of the cross, okay? He's talking future tense to them because they could not yet experience the presence of the Holy Spirit because Jesus had not yet gone to the cross, okay? For us to say future tense, he will be in you would be completely unscriptural, inaccurate. Because now, as soon as you got born again, bam, split second, the Holy Spirit moved in. And he's with you forever. He's with you forever. Okay? He's in there. All right. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. And and I oh, every time I teach this verse of scripture, I always go back to the same illustration. I picture Jesus standing there with his disciples, and he goes like this, and you know him, for he dwells with you now, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. Well, how's Jesus gonna come to them once he physically died and was buried and physically went to heaven? How is he gonna fulfill this? By the Holy Spirit. Now, please, if this, is, if this is, I mean, if you've heard this like a million times, please treat it like, wow. Treat, treat the word with some reverence, okay? Because Jesus said it matters how you hear Amen. the word, okay? How you hear, how, are you, how are you receiving it, okay? Um, so the way he fulfilled that promise, the way he said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, how would he fulfill that except by his spirit coming? to indwell every single believer, every person that's ever been born again. Amen? Amen. Now, that word helper is a Greek word, parakletos, okay, which means it could be translated this way. Now, listen to me closely. When Jesus said he's going to send you another helper, they heard another one of the same species like me, but different. I'll say it again. He's telling the disciples... This helper is another one just like me, same species, but different. Or we could say it this way, in a different form. He was there with them physically. The Holy Spirit was going to come in in the form of a spirit who you cannot see, but you know when he's there. You know. You know when we're even in the midst of a service like this, you know when he's here present in, in manifestation as opposed to him being here because we all showed up and brought the Holy Ghost with us. Okay, it's a big difference, okay? So he's telling them, guys, it's me. It's going to be me. You're going to recognize the presence. It's just going to be in a different form. 
And the reason why that was important is because when Jesus is on the earth, he's one person. He had the Holy Spirit. He could do everything that the Father could do. But he's one person. And he needed more than one person to reach every point on the globe. And so his spirit comes to live inside of each one of us. Now, say, what are you making such a big deal as, Pastor? Because the majority of Christians, maybe not you, because you're here on a Wednesday night. <coughs> maybe not you. But the majority of Christians have no idea that they are a supernatural species of being. Amen. Amen. So that sounds kind of radical. Yeah, it's supposed to be. Okay. You may have flesh and bone and blood body, but you're a super, you carry a supernatural presence on the inside of you. It's the spirit of God. The very one who brought order out of the chaos in the beginning of creation. He's living in you. Okay? All right, I'll keep going. Now, God had promised this centuries before. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. Listen to the promise that came from God through the prophet to God's people. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take out the heart of stone, I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Verse 27, look at this. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, in other words, my ways and be careful to observe my ordinances, his principles. You catching this? Now, here's the verse I was talking about before in Galatians. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Now, that, that's talking about the cross. You understand that, right? When the Bible in the New Testament refers to a tree, like it's talking about the cross. Okay, verse 14 is important. Look at this. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of, of what? That's not up there? Okay. Right. So are we going to get it? Are we going to have it up there? No, let me just read it again. Listen to verse 14. Well, you should have had your Bibles or should have had your phone app anyway. Yeah, that goes over real big. Can, can you please bring your Bibles on Wednesday night? There's something about having that book on your lap and looking at the words on a piece of paper that, do not, that doesn't translate in, an, in, a, in a phone app. Not only that, but you're too tempted when you're on your phone app and your Bible app and then all of a sudden the devil says, um... Why don't you check your Facebook posts? See how many likes you got. And the next thing you know, you're sitting here while I'm teaching and you're scrolling. All right, pastor, mind your own business. <laughs> Galatians 3.13, don't worry about it. I'm just going to read it. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Galatians 3.13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who's hung on a tree. Verse 14. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith, by faith, 
by faith. By faith. How do we get the promises of God? By faith. By faith, we might receive the promise of the Spirit. This shocked me when I came across this. When it was like, like the Holy Spirit illuminated it. I went, wait a second. I thought the blessings of Abraham was land, wealth, power, influence. No, it was the Spirit of God. Because when you have the Spirit of God, you can handle the land, the wealth, the influence, the power. See, this is why, let's might explain some things about our nation right now. Representative government and democracy does not work without Christianity. That's why the further we've gotten away from the word and further we've gotten away from our trust in God, this thing is backfiring on us. Because if you don't have people in power that believe in God and follow the word of God and have the Holy Spirit in them, they use the system against us. So the promise that God made to Abraham was so much more than things. It was the spirit of God, listen, the spirit of God living in man again, okay? Before the resurrection, the spirit of God can only come upon an individual, can only be in the midst of God's people. But now he fills and indwells every born-again child of God. I'm going to stop here. Um, Pastor Tom's got to come up and make some announcements and stuff like that because we didn't do it at the beginning of service. But I'm begging you. I'm, I'm pleading with you. To, for you, for yourself, to pray and ask God, to make you very much aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit in you. Because the church of Jesus Christ is supposed to be supernatural. It's supposed to be different. We're not supposed to be just a group of individuals that decide to come together. And, and we love Jesus and we love God. But, but there's no power in the church if the people are not aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, now we've all been through a lot the past few years. And it, it's knocked a lot of people on their, on their butts, if I can just say it that way, spiritually speaking, emotionally. It's very easy for people to get distracted right now, extremely easy. And I'm telling you, be a rebel Be a rebel. Rebel against the darkness. Rebel against the world system. Rebel against everything that's trying to just keep you busy, busy, busy until you drop dead. Rebel against that. Amen. Amen. I'm talking, get mad at it because you have an enemy. You have a devil, and all he wants to do is put you into a slumber. Amen. He does not want you active, he does not want you participating with God. He does not want you participating with the Holy Spirit. See, because the Holy Spirit is the one who gets the orders from heaven. Amen. Jesus is the head of the church. He's seated next to the Father. He gives direction to the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost speaks to us and tells us, do this, do that, the other thing. I was sitting in my office a few days ago. Well, it was last week. Four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock, I don't know what it was. 
And I had been pondering a specific ministry in this church that I, I really, really want to see explode. And um, I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, this thing just drops on me, downloads. Reminds me of a specific portion of Scripture in the New Testament. I'm not going to go into a lot of details. And so the person that's in charge of this particular ministry, I said, I want to speak to you. Sat down with him. And I said beforehand, and understand the kind of relationship we have here on the staff, okay? I said to this individual, I'm telling you before I share this with you, that even if you don't agree with me, and even if you don't think this is going to work, I'm charging you. This is a delegated thing. This is not a discussion back and forth. And that might sound harsh to you, but I know when I've received directive from, from God, and I know when it's just like, hey, what do you think is going to work? And I sat there, and I said to him, you're going to implement this. We're going to try it. And then I, because I thought to myself, man, I'm going to have a hard sell on this one. And uh, I sat there, and the person sat there stone-faced, and I'm like, oh, man, this is worse. Oh, my God, this is worse than I even thought it was going to be, you know? And then uh, I said, I stopped talking, and he goes, can I talk? I said, well, I wish you would because you're scaring me right now. He said, no, I didn't want to interrupt you because you just reminded me of a direction we were going to go in six months ago, and we forgot about it. What happened? Now, I tell you these stories. I'm not telling you to, oh, look at him. No, no, I only know me. I don't know you, okay? What happened? A directive came from heaven to the Spirit of God who lives in me, and the Spirit of God transferred that, downloaded that, where it within three seconds had the whole plan. And scripture to back it up and the whole bit. And, and what happened? Now, that download had come six months ago to that individual. But then it wasn't time to implement it yet. They put it on the shelf, forgot about it, and the Holy Ghost went, this is the direction. You hear what I'm saying? We say, well, you're the pastor. No, no, honey. Um, it's no different in your life. If you'll take the time, if you'll be purposeful and intentional about seeking the wisdom of the Holy Spirit and seeking direction, Proverbs 3 tells us that if we acknowledge him in all of our ways, he'll do what? Direct our path. Okay? I stand on that scripture constantly. Okay? So he'll do the same thing for you. He'll do the same thing for you in your business. He'll do the same thing for you in your, whether it's teaching you to be a godly man, a godly woman, a godly husband, uh, father, mother, whatever. It's everyday life. You see, this is the thing that has happened to the church. Pastor Tom, you going to come up? All right, because, yeah, because I'm done. Listen to me. When I went to Bible school, the Spirit of God said to me, I'm going to teach you how to demystify the gifts of the Spirit and to demystify the activity of the Holy Spirit in a, in a Christian's life. Up until that point, we were in a church right here and right back there, two of the, two, two, the only two survivors I have from my previous church history. 
that are here in this church. We were in a church where it's, nobody did this intentionally, but it seemed like there was a specific group that they were the spiritual ones. Am I right? Okay, and only they, and everyone else, you know. And I'm not saying anybody did that intentionally, but that used to irk me because I'm stuck on whosoever will. You know, that God is no respected person. Who, so, so my whole thing is, is, is like one of the foundational cornerstones of this ministry is demystifying. And here's what happened. I want you to listen to me, and I want you to really hear what I'm saying. The enemy of our souls has done a great job making us and convincing us that the Holy Spirit's presence in our life is not practical. It's only for certain spooky times, and it is not. The presence of the Holy Spirit is for us to be able to live on this earth, to be witnesses of Jesus Christ, to walk in the wisdom of God, to walk in the creativity of God, to walk in the influence of God, to do whatever Jesus did on this, on this planet except going to the cross for our salvation. Other than that, we are equipped to do everything that Jesus did when he was on this earth. Are you listening to me? That includes whatever, your job, if you're going to school, if you're, you know, we had Bible schools too. I couldn't believe that we had, I was stunned when I was told that we have 65 students in our Bible school between first year and second year. Now, you don't understand, that doesn't happen in a little church like us. That's, that's almost 10% of our attendance on the weekend. That doesn't happen. What does it mean? God's stoking up the hunger. I, I came into that class last Thursday night. I was so blessed to see the individuals that were there. So blessed. What's God doing? He doesn't, he doesn't call on people. You were there. You were there. Okay. He doesn't call on people who already have a busy schedule. Hey, you were there. Yes? Okay, because I'm trying to piece in my head. He doesn't call on people to take time out of their already busy schedule unless he's got a plan. Noah didn't build a boat for nothing. He had a plan. It was a plan. There's no reason to think I got nothing to do. Let me do one of these DYI projects. <laughs> You're there too, right, Albert? So, so what I'm saying is, you that are students, you that are stepped into, there's some of you that maybe are stepping into new career or something like that, or are you just in a new relationship or whatever? He's there to help you. There is no reason for you to try to just trudge along on your own. But, if, but he's a gentleman. He's not going to slam you against the wall and say, hey, you're doing it this way. He will, he will respond if you ask him. And he's more than willing to direct our lives. Amen. That's my prayer. Amen. That's my prayer. So we're going to stay on this for a while. Okay. Now, I will ask you this, please. This is a very small portion of this congregation. You need to talk to people. You need to tell them, hey, you need to get there on Wednesday night. Okay? Tell them that they have Danish after, after service. <laughs> Pastor Tom. Thank you, everybody. Amen.